Welcome, everyone. This is a special, special first ever live stream edition of Splash Play. It is Thanksgiving week. Spags, we had to give people the DFS plays, the sports bets, the prop bets. We had to get together on a Tuesday. Now we wanted to make sure that we're getting our best takes in for Thanksgiving so we could feel good about something while loading ourselves up with all the tryptophan, all the carbohydrates that you know and love for Thanksgiving. But today we're going to give thanks to some special players out there, our favorite splash players of the year so far. And again, we're going to talk all three games on the Thanksgiving slate. How many Ravens will have COVID? We'll find out over the course of this next half hour in this special Thanksgiving episode of Splash Play. What's up, guys? Welcome to the special Thanksgiving episode, our first ever live episode, which hopefully you will find is pretty much exactly the same as our usual episodes of Splash Play. But I'm Chris Spags, joined once again by your favorite man and mine already, Pete. You're getting congratulations in the YouTube chat from Joshua Duck for your big win. He's Peter Overzet, and he's apparently a big winner that people just show up and want to congratulate you. You know what? Yeah, that's the nice thing. It's like um, when you're a kid and you have a birthday party uh, like multiple times throughout the week. That's how I am when I have a nice DFS score is I want to be praised for it throughout my shows after one is not enough. So thank you, Joshua, for joining us here in the chat today. And never forget Pete's wins and and make sure that you're making everybody else aware of your wins out there. Uh, tweet all your screenshots. I know that's the thing people love in the NFL DFS community, whether it be a $25 win, a $1 win. Everybody just always wants to see a screenshot coming through their feed. Uh, but, you know, have fun with it out there. That's what we want here. Another place you could have fun, our sponsor, Thrive Fantasy. Big contest going on for them this week. They have a $25 Thanksgiving contest, which, uh, Pete, I know you won our tournament. I finished fourth in our little splash play tournament the other day. I'm rolling my winnings forward towards this tournament where they have $10,000 guaranteed, 460 entries in the pool, Pete. And that's the kind of situation where uh, you know it, you won. If Peter Overzet can win, anybody can win. That's what we say at Thrive Fantasy. That's right. Uh, I just entered it over here. Very nice contest. It is their usual format where there's about 15 picks to choose from here over unders on various passing yardage, rushing yardage, some touchdown interception bets. And then you also do two tiebreakers as well. They call those the ice picks if they need to, to go to those as well. And uh, $2,250 up top. I built my lineup right before we went on the air. And I think we might uh, talk about a couple plays as well in a bit. Yeah, the ice picks actually could be an important one this week due to the aforementioned Ravens having some COVID issues. One guy who will not be available on this Thrive slate, as well as the NFL DFS slates out there, J.K. Dobbins. He's tested positive for COVID. Mark Ingram also testing positive for COVID. You can see on the screen our, our boy Willis, our accountant here who does our ride or die picks, showing up. Tyler Stokes, shout out to everybody in the live chat as well. We're keeping an eye peeled. So if you guys have any good questions, well, we'll definitely swing over there as well because uh, we can't normally do that. But Pete, let's talk about these Ravens first here because I think this is one important part of the slate to figure out right away. We will go a little game by game here, digging a little deeper than we normally do. This is the last game on the slate, Pete, and uh, I was talking to Pete before we came on the air. I saw in the underground Ravens Twitter some people uh, murring about. Is that a word? Is ver- murring? Like, <laughs> you can give mur if you're if Jesus yeah. is born. I know that. <laughs> no, it does. It sounds like uh, it sounds like hum or murmur, murmuring about. I don't know. 
They're murring about about the news that Lamar Jackson, apparently uh, there are some other Ravens who tested positive for COVID today. And the rumor amongst the Ravens fans who, granted, don't have a lot to look forward to this year, given how their team has regressed, including Lamar. But the rumor, Pete, is that Lamar might not be in this week. And, you know, granted, this is just rumored innuendo. We're doing this on a Tuesday live, so we don't really know the news yet. But how would that change things for you? Because we already have the uh, potential here for a very chalky Gus Edwards in the NFL DFS landscape. And if Lamar Jackson is also out, we could have a little RG3 action against the Pittsburgh team who sends the blitz pretty much every single play. I know you're excited about this because you just want to, after this show is over, title this video, Lamar Jackson to sit? Find <laughs> out. Uh, that, that'll do some good numbers there in the in the YouTube search. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't read that yet. I think it's definitely interesting uh, with that being the late game as well. I mean, you would basically, if you had Lamar as your quarterback and we didn't find out for some reason until later, you would really only have Big Ben as your only pivot option there, which is interesting. But normally with this stuff, we find out ahead of time. I saw people posting screenshots yesterday too, where it was like Mark Andrews was going to talk to the media about an announcement. And so I saw people there getting worried, oh, maybe Mark Andrews isn't mm -hmm. going to play. But yeah, as of now, we do know for a fact, the two running backs, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram aren't going to go, which means Gus Edwards is firmly in play. And then, you know, a, a pre- draft darling last year from draft season justice hill uh might even be in the mix as well yeah, justice hill a guy who did not pay off a lot of the uh, people who believed a lot in him last year and i'm you know normally again we do the show without people watching us do it but i want to make sure we're giving some love to the people who showed up in the live chat today because it's our first live show we didn't do a ton to promote it so we really do appreciate you guys showing up jay smooth anthony phyla uh you two guys in the chat we really do appreciate you as well in addition to everybody else who watches this whether it be live or after the fact we're building a community here. And that's always what we wanted to do with the show. So we definitely want you guys to be in the mix. And uh, Pete, let's talk a little more about Gus Edwards, because I do think you can make an argument. He's been the best running back for this team throughout the year. Certainly not as great of a pass catcher as J.K. Dobbins, which uh, was his sort of uh, the main offering that he has coming into the league. But Edwards on the year, giving up, uh, getting 4.5 yards per rush. Also, when he actually does get a target, he's usually getting about 14 yards per catch. So things look pretty good for him. And he's actually had one of the better touchdown equity numbers for them, getting about 12.5% of the rushing touchdowns so far this year. So I know that, you know, Gus Edwards is a value, not quite as much of a value as he would have been in other years on DraftKings where he might have been in the 3K range. But at 4K flat, I guess it depends how the ownership looks. But I think I'm going to want a lot of Gus Edwards just because He's been, I mean, game log watchers too will know he's been good against Pittsburgh in the past too. That kind of value is hard to pass up. Yeah, that is the thing because I think in general, people would be like, hey, I don't want to mess with the Steelers defense. But Gus Edwards literally five weeks ago, I believe in week seven, put up 87 yards rushing and a touchdown against them. And that was with splitting the backfield with other guys. So yeah, I don't really have any concerns about the matchup here and the team, man. They invested in Justice Hill, but they've shown us they do not trust Justice Hill and they do very much trust Gus Edwards. So I think his floor is probably like 15 touches and I could see him going over 20 in this game. And I think also the thing that's interesting about this slate, and I feel like they do this every year where the pricing is super soft mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving to where you really can play whoever you want. So we're going to have to get very creative, I think, with our constructions and going off the board. Uh, and I'm not saying that means you fade Gus Edwards. I think there's actually a lot of decent running back plays. And I don't know if he will become mega chalk. So I, I think he's a pretty good play. 
Yeah, I would think for cash, if you are playing Thanksgiving cash, more power to you. <laughs> I'm playing that in NFL generally, but especially on Thanksgiving. But uh, Gus would be the guy, I think, in cash games you definitely want to have in there. But for tournaments, I think Pete's right. And I, I saw you reply this morning to our pal Osimo. I uh, was talking about hand-building some lineups. The first hand-built lineup that he put out there had $3,300 left on the table. And um, he also felt like Gus Edwards, maybe not a necessary piece because you're not really paying up for any any major studs here. Uh, but that's uh, definitely something to watch. Watch that ownership. We always talk about ownership on this show. Pete as well. A lot of the shows that he does around the industry. Uh, it's a crucial part of your process. And especially for a three-game slate, you got to be pretty aware of that stuff. Um, also, Anthony asking in the chat, are we concerned this Raven-Steelers game may not go? I think the one thing we have seen with the NFL is they do not care about who's available, who's not, who might have COVID, who might not. They need to get these games in now because they want to get the schedule that they have in place. And to me, I do think that spot where I don't see how this game doesn't happen. I, in a normal sane society, probably maybe a chance it doesn't go off. But Pete, do you have any concerns at all about this one not happening? No, I don't. Like you said, the NFL is just, they are not going to cancel this for anything. I think it would honestly take both Lamar Jackson and Big Ben being out for them to even consider scrapping it. I even think if just one of them were out, they would still roll this game. So they have been very stubborn and very steadfast not to cancel games this season. Um, basically, it's already like a near worst case scenario with all these players testing, and they're still already announced just as of an hour ago that this game is still on. So unless it gets really, really bad, I, I think uh, I think they're on. So let's, uh, we're going to talk more about the slate and we'll go game by game, as I mentioned up top, but we wanted to do a little quick segment here. You know, we love our segments, our segments on splash play where we try to, you know, do something a little bit outside the box. So we want to give thanks for some players before that though. If you're in the live chat, make sure you hit that like button. If you're not subscribed to this channel, please subscribe, hit the notification bell. We have two episodes going up a week, maybe more in the future. Who knows if we get the numbers where they need to be. So please support the channel, support our growth and also follow at splash play pod on Twitter and Instagram. We follow back the first thousand people on there. So you just want a follower. And actually, we like tweets, too, sometimes because I just feel like that's a nice thing to do for people. Uh, so we are doing all that at Splash Play Pod. And uh, we need your support now to grow this brand as much as we can. And thanks to all of you guys for showing up once again. All right. Uh, let's give our thanks, Pete. And I'll let you take the floor first, because I think I know where I want to go with mine. But, uh, you know, we have so many guys we talked about on the show. We have the Robbie Andersons, the Chase Claypools, the guys who really make the Splash Play thing come to life, the big plays that we know and love. But I want to see who you would take. We could treat this as a snake draft, actually. Who would be your first overall pick and who we're giving thanks for amongst the NFL players? Yeah, I, and I'm glad you acknowledged the patron saint of Splash Play, Robbie Anderson. You know, he's taken a little bit of a backseat of late to some other guys in that offense, but, uh, you know, he is Mr. Sir Per himself. The, uh, you know, hopefully we get him back to his Splash Play ways. You know what? I might go a little off the board. You mentioned Claypool. I think he's a great one. I'm going to say Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, not on the receiving end of the splash plays, but throwing all those splash plays. He has been so good. He got the, you know, Josh Allen treatment coming in. He's so awful. How's he ever going to succeed? He was overdrafted and he is making these incredible throws. He had one of those Mahomes-esque sidearm throws to Keenan Allen in the end zone the other day. And I just think he's an absolute stud. I think it was on our show, even on Sunday, saying how many quarterbacks would you take over Justin Herbert right now. So he is a facilitator of splash plays and I am very thankful for him this year. 
Yeah, I think we talked about it. He's really not too far off from that Mahomes tier of guys where you just know that they're going to get the results for you in the past game. And he's got to win a lot more. But still, that for a rookie coming in, doing what he's done, one of the most impressive rookies we've seen. I'm going to go the other way, Pete. I'm going to give thanks to all the backup quarterbacks out there who this year we know and we know. I love backup QBs. Pete pointed it out. If if Brian Finley were named Bill Tortellini, one of my favorite <laughs> <laughs> quick off-the-cuff jokes, I'd be all over him. But I do love the backups out there. I love the fact they're getting chances this year. Maybe Maybe more than ever, the Taysom Hills, if you want to go to that high price tier, the Brett Rippins, the PJ Walkers of the world, who, of course, made my entire year of him getting a shot here in the NFL after he had the great run that he had in the XFL. But I just feel like backup quarterbacks represent hope. And I maybe I'm a little biased as a as a sort of neglected Cowboys fan who, you know, when Dak went down, it's like, well, what do we have left? And even years before, I was like, oh, we have Quincy Carter. He goes down. We have Chad Hutchinson. Oh, boy. Like, what's Chad got? I just feel like getting a backup quarterback in, Pete, if your quarterback sucks, like that's like opening up a present on Christmas Day where sure it could be socks, but what if it's a Nintendo? Yeah, and the other thing about some of these backup quarterbacks, it's it's this weird thing where obviously quarterback matters, but you see these guys come in and if they have a good offensive line and they have a good coach that can put them in places to succeed, they can give us, you know, 85 cents on the dollar of what the starter was giving. And that's why I think it's fun to see these guys step into opportunity. And PJ Walker is a great example. Like I know he ran bad with a couple of those interceptions, but man, he looked good and he was fearless. I really hope we get to see some more PJ Walker. So I will say I'm with you. I'm thankful for these unheralded guys stepping in and getting opportunities here in two, two, 2020, the year of our Lord. And I guess since we're doing it snake draft style, I don't know what we need to do all four rounds, but I'm also going to give thanks to everybody, every player out there, really every person who has done their job and worn their masks and done their protocols and all that. Because the NFL, I know this throughout this entire year, the one thing I thought, even back to April, back to May, where the NBA, it seemed like, oh, it's coming back good. But the one thing for me that I looked forward to as a bright spot was if the NFL gets screwed over in this process, that's where I'm going to be completely lost. And we've had an NFL season that's mostly gone off without a hitch. Uh, certainly more COVID tests than you'd like to see, as well as that's true across the country. We won't get into the politicizing of any of that, but um, you know, just these guys making the effort, do, doing what they have to do, staying away from people, doing the contact tracing, all the things you have to do to make sure they're in the lineup come game day. I think that's one thing I'm thankful for is just that we have games still and we still have all these slates to lose money on. Yeah, no, it is the thing. I'm already starting to feel a little claustrophobic as it gets cold here in New England, knowing I'm not going to be outside doing as much here uh, with all the COVID stuff. And uh, yeah, having football as a bridge to at least get us through the first week of February. Uh, man, I am I am very thankful for that. All right. So Pete, what else are you thankful for here before we move and talk about all the big games coming up on Thursday? You know what? I am thankful for ESPN changing Taysom Hill's designation back to quarterback so I didn't have to stare at my league mates getting to play super flex against me uh, the rest of the season. So uh, actually, I don't really care about that. But I, I thought that is a hot button issue right now people are still people very were upset big about mad about that which i was surprised by like there was even um one of the guys who we follow i think who you may know or he's definitely been uh interacting with you with some of your streams i feel like eric is his name he yeah was, eric's like, upset yeah eric was big mad about it he was yeah. replying to matthew barry like people structured their entire teams around this this and i was yeah. like wow like i i admire the passion for it uh for me i just feel like if you had Taysom hill at tight end that was like finding change in your couch we were like cool i can buy a couple snacks for myself but uh, people apparently, <laughs> yeah. their whole lives depended on Taysom Hill. 
I, 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 I can see the argument in that, um, you know, say if you spent all your fab thinking like, Hey, I'm getting, there's a difference between getting a guy for a one week spot start at tight end versus like, Hey, rest of season. So I, I do understand that if people were making decisions or if you had your trade deadline and you, you traded some guy, cause you're like, I'm getting Taysom Hill at tight end. You could have Christian McCaffrey, blah, blah, blah. So I, I get it, but I also know they posted the FAQ. They, they addressed it at the beginning of the season too. And the fine print, but no one cared to even think about that at the time. Um, I guess the thing is, it's probably silly that he was ever qualified as a tight end in the first place, because if anything, I would feel like you would qualify him or classify him as a running back. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have made more sense to me, but we'd still be in the same spot if he was classified as a running back. So who knows? Yeah. All right, Pete, I'll let you, let's do one more of these for each of us. And I'll let you take the, the final of our three rounds of our giving thanks. And of course the implication, by the way, we need to give thanks to all of you guys too out there for helping us feel like we're accomplishing something with the show. I know Pete's launched a bunch of new shows this year. For me, this was my, my one outside endeavor. And it's been great just having this every week and, you know, feeling the, you guys paying attention and listening to us and having a good time with it as much as we are. So uh, that's the one that's a given. So now that I've taken that one off the table, Pete, what's your one player coach, anything NFL related you want to give thanks to? Yeah, I, I might actually go DFS related here. I'm going to reach across the aisle. I know we have hand builders. We have opto bros. Sometimes on showdown slates, I'm more of an opto bro. On the main slates, I'm a hand builder. And I just want to reach across the aisle and say I'm thankful for all forms of creating lineups. We don't have to get political. Let's just all come together as a nation and build lineups however you want. I think that's beautiful. It's nice to see you. you. You've had your heels dug in, but now you finally conceded and you've allowed that uh, maybe the optimizers are a viable approach out there. So that's very courageous of you, Pete, especially on this first live show to go and go out there with really no wire underneath you. No, I know it. Uh, it took a lot. I'd actually been rehearsing that in the mirror before we went on. And I, I think I nailed it. Uh, what is your final thing you're thankful for? So for me, the last thing I'm thankful for, and this is going to be weird, but all the guys who've been injured this year, like I know we get mad. I know for me, my season long league with my longstanding high school friends, like much like many of us, uh, you know, I paid up for Christian McCaffrey this year. And I, he's been a guy the last two years where I had got him on, excuse me, got in on him early. have rode that train as much as possible. I'm not claiming that I was early on the boat to Christian McCaffrey, but I do you remember him killing my USC teams when he was at Stanford? So uh, that was something that carried through and guys like him, guys like Saquon Barkley, guys who sort of sacrificed their body as a result of this weird year where, you know, they, we knew there were going to be the hamstring injuries coming in. We knew there were going to be a lot of the soft tissue injuries. There's been more leg injuries. Poor Joe Burrow got his stuff diced up the other day too. Like these guys who got hurt this year, I don't know why I feel more sympathetic than I normally would where it's like, ah, this sucks. I'm so mad at this for myself. Whereas this year I'm like, you know what you guys tried and I'm thankful for them just being willing to try and being willing to get hurt in this year that the most screwed up year, I think of all years, at least that we've been alive. Yeah, no, it, it is true. And that was, everyone knew that there'd be the chaos too of, you know, having the shortened off season guys, not maybe getting in the full physical and, you know, strength regimens they normally get into. And I, I do think we've seen that play out without the, uh, the preseason impacting things. So yeah, uh, thankful that it hasn't been worse. Like you said. All right, so we got about 15 minutes left here before we call it quits on this little short show. We'll do our ride or die picks for the Thanksgiving slate now. And we'll also uh, talk a little bit more in depth about the games we normally would. So make sure you hit that like button and subscribe. And Pete, uh, the people with their chiming in on our Apple podcast page, giving us five stars and a review. I've had some beautiful sentiments that quite frankly, we're also thankful for. 
That's true. You guys continue to commemorate our special day when we launch this pod with great reviews, reminiscing about all the good times we've had. If you could please go sign our guest book on iTunes and reference Bill Tortellini, it would just absolutely mean the world to us. If, if we get 10 people who do Bill Tortellini on the iTunes thing, Spags and I will do an internet version of Lady and the Tramp coming together with with a tortellini noodle until we meet right in the middle of the screen. <laughs> but you know a tortellini is like the little meat pocket guy, right? I know. That's why we're going to have to get real close. <laughs> I don't even, yeah, okay, I got to go. <laughs> it would be funny if one time like I just put my hand through then my hand actually came through on your side. Like people would be mind blown. Oh, that could be. Yeah, like that's a gag we need to figure out for sure. Well, yeah, we got to work on our, our <laughs> sketches, our bits for doing stream Zoom calls and all what, that. What if we become the first ever like uh, live stream uh, magicians? <laughs> We're like doing all these visual tricks. I mean, look, the DFS thing is working out only so well. I yeah. like time to consider some other options. But it's that time, guys, for the ride or die picks and going game by game. So please make sure to, uh, to check out our sponsor, Thrive Fantasy. They've been great to us, helping us get off the ground here. Use the promo code SPLASH over at Thrive Fantasy because they will match your deposit bonus up to $50. Then you can enter that big tournament they have with $10,000 guaranteed. Quite frankly, uh, smaller sites like Thrive, there's going to be some overlay probably in that tournament. So it's a good chance for you to pick up some money. So go over to thrivefantasy.com, download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Use that promo code SPLASH to get your deposit match up to $50. So you can just put that money right into that tournament right away. Have a decent shot of winning. And again, if Peter Overzet can do it, you can too. I don't mean, by the way, Pete, I don't mean to... (laughs) No, I'm offended every time you say that. (laughs) But it's just, you know, like it's using your brand equity to to pass on to Thrive Fantasy. Um, Should I give people a a hot hot one for the uh, the contest on Thrive? One guy that's just absolutely mispriced on here? Okay, go ahead. So Deshaun Watson over under 265.5 right there. So Derek Cardi over at Roto-Grinders and the Blitz, I can actually pull this up real quick. He hasn't projected for 312 passing yards so he's under there by almost 40 what is that 45 yards or so so um that's a nice value there i will be smashing the over on deshaun watson on my contest picks here yeah i think that was actually one that i was thinking about for my thrive pick so we'll see who gets there first when we do our (laughs) ride or die plays uh for the thrive fantasy contest as well um let's talk about this first game houston getting 26.8 implied points 51 point over under at detroit getting 24.3 implied points and uh, some people may want to do a little narrative street detroit does uh, at least with matthew stafford tend to show up for thanksgiving games whatever that may mean uh they did not show up last week with matthew stafford in carolina getting shut out uh pete what are your overall thoughts here because the one thing that jumps out to me is I think I'm gonna have a lot a lot of Deshaun Watson this week on Thursday I mean I don't really see another QB that I feel nearly as comfortable with in terms of having both the ceiling and the floor that said you know ownership wise I have to assume he's gonna be the top owned guy doesn't mean I'm gonna run away from him but um any thoughts I guess spring to mind to you immediately before we jump to the ride or die part of the game Yeah, I went ahead and ran uh, a bunch of lineups uh, as an opto bro just to see what was kind of popping up in them. And it's all Texans at the top. You're getting a ton of Deshaun, like you said. You're getting a ton of Duke Johnson and you're getting a ton of Brandon Cooks. Who Brandon Cooks at 5,300 is just like a stupid price. So um, yeah, I I think the Texans are going to end up being some of the best plays on the slate. And then the question is, where are our leverage spots or are we going to just try to get unique elsewhere and jam that in as the best chalk? 
And I guess the other question a lot of people have, I know I was looking at the Osmo premium slack earlier. They were talking about Jordan Akins and people's uh, curiosity in him. And I would say that he becomes a little more viable of a play to me. He's very cheap. There's definitely another way to save money. If you didn't go the, the Gus Edwards route that we talked about earlier, but Akins, I feel like I'm more comfortable with him. If Randall Cobb isn't in, and even still, you know, Akins to me has to be a lower owned play. If people are chasing that day last week, I'd have some concerns here because I still think a lot of production, like it's going to be the main stack. It's going to be Fuller and Cooks. And then if there's a Kiki Cutie in there, if Cobb can't make it in, I wouldn't be shocked by that. But Pete, how do you feel about Jordan Aiken's prospects here? Because people love watching box scores. And if you look at the box score for him, it does look pretty good. Yeah, what's interesting is uh, I know we always talk about how gross tight end is is this year, but I actually don't mind this slate for tight ends. I mean, you get Hawkinson and Andrews kind of at the top end. Eric Ebron and Schultz have been really solid in the mid-range. Logan Thomas has been consistent with his targets. So I don't know if Akins is necessarily necessary. That said, if everyone uh, gravitates to the more sexy tight end names, I, I think Jordan Akins could be a really nice play. And again, at 2,900. Very cheap coming off a six target game. I think that's on the high end of what you can normally expect for Jordan Akins, but I, I definitely get the appeal. And then on the other side, one guy we should talk about before we give our ride or die picks, then we'll move on to the next game. Um, DeAndre Swift seems like he's still not in practice, still in the concussion protocol. How are you feeling about him? Because, you know, we've loved him. I, I gave you full credit for being one of the earliest Swifties that I know in terms of really pushing him hard. And um, if he's not in this week, uh, do you take the, the the Adrian Peterson bait? Do you take the carry on Johnson bait again? Or, or how are you handling the situation for Detroit? Yeah, I, I'm doubtful that Swift is going to play. He missed practice yesterday, and I think on the short week with the concussion, I, I'm going to guess that they leave him out again. And I'm definitely more interested in on Johnson. Um, you know, he had six carries to Adrian Peterson seven last week, and neither of those carry totals are impressive. But the Lions also only completed three third downs the entire game. They were three for 13. So they had no drive, so I wouldn't read into that. But the thing that gets me more excited excited about carry on as he had the five catches uh, out of the backfield, which is a pretty nice um, total there. So um, obviously if the lions are up, we know Matt Patricia is going to want to run the ball with Adrian Peterson, but I think carry on has both a higher floor and a higher ceiling with his pass catching involvement. So I, I lean there. All right. So now that we've covered all that stuff and I agree with your takes as well, I, I really want Swift to get in there because I do think he's the best play on the board really out of all these guys. And I would want a lot of them going against the Houston team is very bad in the run defense part of things, giving up 5.2 yards per rush, almost 170 rushing yards per game, which is one of the highest marks in the league. Uh, so maybe worth having some running back exposure. But for me, I think I have to take one of the one of the wide receivers, Pete, and I'm going to go. Oh man, do I, do I want to go the full stack? Actually, I'll take the full Houston Texans stack along with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, both those guys getting over 20 fantasy points each. Wow, I like it. That's hot. I'm going to go I'm going to go the other direction, same team, and I'm going to say Duke Johnson who continues to burn people um just always never seems to get there despite when he gets the volume. I'll say he finally eclipses 20 DraftKings points on this slate with everyone on the passing game. All right, so that's our first pick in. Next game up, Washington, 21.8 implied points. Game with a 46.5 over under. Dallas getting 24.8 implied points on their side. And uh, this game, I think a little bit uglier uh, than I would expect with the over under, but uh, certainly some fantasy upside here. I don't know that we need to dissect this one too much. You'd expect a good amount of Antonio Gibson in the mix against Dallas is also really bad run defense, giving up almost 160 rushing yards per game. But Pete, what do you want in this game? Or I guess if you have any 30 mile takes first, Give those and then if you want to segue into the ride or die picks, let's do that. 
Yeah, I uh, I like this game. Uh, I think both, you know, we see with these divisional matchups the second time they play in the year, we they can go either way. Like they can be this grinded out battle where, you know, the teams know each other so well, or they can just be these free-for-alls. And when I look at Andy Dalton and Alex Smith, I'm like, this has a free-for-all feel to it here. So if the Dallas offensive line can protect Dalton enough from that pretty good Washington pass rush, I think we could see uh, a lot of points. And based on how, the Cowboys wide receivers are priced. None of them are like screaming values. So I think attacking these Dallas pass catchers is going to be a pretty good way to get unique in tournaments. Yeah, I think an Andy Dalton stack will certainly be happening for me with two of those guys going for him. Um, I would say probably leaning Michael Gallup's fallen off the radar so much, and it makes me sad because he's still running routes, you know, running actually more routes per game than CD Lamb is, at least going into this week. And um, I, it just makes me sad that he's not a factor. But um, I think in this spot, I'm going to take Antonio Gibson getting over 20 fantasy points. I just like his touchdown equity quite a bit. He's got uh, a third of the rushing touchdowns just about in the year. Getting involved in the past game, a little bit more uh, with J.D. McKissick still obviously heavily involved. So that's probably the most direct pivot. But I think there's ways for both these guys to have a decent day. And Antonio Gibson, I just find it hard to believe he fails in this spot. Yeah, I like Antonio Gibson a lot. I will uh, continue my kind of contrarian streak here with everyone being down on Michael Gallup after the dud on Sunday versus Minnesota. We've seen him have a really huge target game earlier this year with Dalton. Uh, I say he gets back here over 20 DraftKings points and has a has a long TD this game. This actually should have been a segment for us, by the way, and I guess it's a little sad now that Dallas uh, unfortunately had their strength coach pass away. But uh, did you see the thing on Sunday where, or it might have came out Monday, but uh, Mike uh, Mike McCarthy, I guess, smashed watermelons yes. like Gallagher to motivate the team and had different initiatives for the game and then ended with a Dalvin Cook watermelon. Demarcus Lawrence, uh, I guess, decided, I got to smash this one. <laughs> and this apparently is what they're crediting their win to. Dude, I read that I was dying. I, I really have you seen any footage surface? Because I haven't seen it yet. I would no, it must have been like a private moment for them of smashing watermelons. I know, but I'm still hoping like maybe I should go follow like all the Cowboys players on Instagram and just see if like any of them on their stories have like a photo of Mike McCarthy smashing watermelons. Oh my god. Like I, I have so many questions. Was there a carp? Were there people like helping to clean it up? Was there a splash zone? Like these are all the things I need to know. The thing too is like they really weren't that good like they hit the guys hard but Adam Thielen had one of the best days of the year Dalvin Cook did Dalvin Cook things Justin Jefferson had a 50 yard touchdown like if you're smashing watermelons and that's your key to success you didn't really get a lot of success with them the guys just being real aggressive and going helmet first on a lot of hits one thing I will say though is I actually as ridiculous as it is I think there is like some value in that like raw raw stuff we see John Gruden like not the best X's and O's guys but people love playing for him the Raiders play hard every week and then on the flip side we see this stuff with Matt Patricia I mean you have articles coming out on Bleacher Report about these guys threw a mimosa party when the season ended last year because they were so excited to get away from Matt Patricia so I can see moves like that stunts uh, like McCarthy, we saw Hugh Jackson jump in a lake a few years ago, you know, like all this stuff. I think guys are like, all right, you're, you're a weirdo, but I, let's, yeah, I, I'll go out there and play hard for you. So I actually think there might be a method to the madness there. I mean, honestly, when you're as bad as the Cowboys have been, you got to try something. And I guess the fact that he like was deliberately like I was inspired by Gallagher, like that's <laughs> never a sense that anybody should say, I guess, besides the Chappelle show, black Gallagher sketch, that's the one time all out. Are you a little upset that he didn't go more seasonal appropriate and smash pumpkins? I feel like that would have been a little better. 
Yeah, I mean, watermelons are a depriving or a, a <laughs> dropping resource as it turns becomes winter. So really rude of him. Somebody could have enjoyed those watermelons rather than him smashing them for his own political agenda. I did see that take. What a waste of food. <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh-oh. The, uh, the watermelon truthers have come out uh, to protect their kind. <laughs> and shout out Hank Lockwood in the YouTube chat. Sledgematic that used to be humor when I was young. Yeah, the Sledgematic. I that really is one of those things that has not aged well because I remember when I was little, Gallagher being like still a big touring act, big deal. Him and Carrot Top, like two guys, really got in before the internet was mean and would have just torn them to shreds. Yeah, oh man, the two of the greatest prop comics of our time. <laughs> I gotta love it. Last game here on the Thanksgiving slate. And we'll be back Friday for the regular show. Not sure if we'll have a guest or not yet. And not sure the time either. That'll be a regular recorded show, but we'll get that out onto the YouTube channel, onto the podcast, both on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Last game, Baltimore getting 20.5 implied points. Pittsburgh getting 24.5 implied points. Game is a 45 point over under. We'll see if it changes a little more with some other potential people being ruled out due to COVID. Uh, hopefully not Lamar. But Pete, what do you think about this game? Because to me, this is one that, I really don't love the situation for either side. I really don't love anybody on paper besides uh, Gus Edwards, who we talked about earlier. And I guess, you know, the receivers for Pittsburgh always kind of their own problem where I know whoever I don't pick out of Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool and Juju probably going to go off. So I don't have a great feel for this game. So I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, maybe this is bad, but I am just in general now, like, Juju is kind of the the odd man out for me because even when he does hit, it's more on shallow um, targets there. And he, he can have nice PPR days, but Deontay Johnson is kind of the target hog in that offense. When he doesn't get hurt, his role is pretty um, secure. And then Chase Claypool, our man, the, the splash play God himself, it's just he can do so much uh, on short touches. And then he's also getting, you know, these games where he has 10, 13 targets. So I lean toward those guys. Um, so I'm sure that I just locked in uh, a massive juju game by burying him there once and for all. Yeah, I, it's it's just tough because Deontay, I do think, looks like the best of the three. And but Claypool's a big body dude, clearly has a nose for the end zone. And yeah, you're right, Juju. Even on his birthday, he got to blow out the somebody else's touchdown cake. <laughs> so that's kind of a downer for him. And uh, on the other part too, you also have James Conner. We know some of the struggles with him. Uh, maybe this becomes a little more run heavy game. I would also watch the weather in Pittsburgh because I don't know what it is right now, but it just feels like a game that could be ugly based on the total. But what would you have for a ride or die pick in this game, Pete? I am such a masochist, man. I, I'm going to go Marquise Brown after he bagled me. <laughs> like I would, I, I, the reason I have to play Marquise Brown is because if he went off for a hundred yards and two touchdowns after I played in multiple weeks and I didn't have any of them, I would be sick to my stomach. I I'm less sick to my stomach thinking about playing him and him failing than I am not playing him and him going off. So I'll say Marquise Brown finally over 20 DraftKings points. Once everyone is off the bus. It's one of those things too, where because these teams blitz so much, both teams blitz at above a 40% rate, which is one of the highest marks in the league. Like you're probably going to see somebody break a long touchdown here. So it could be Marquise Brown. We could also be a Deontay Johnson or Claypool, but it wouldn't shock me that there's one, you know, slate breaking splash play that goes off in this game. And I think for me on that same tone uh, in the YouTube chat per Mar saying that De uh, Deontay is a lock button for him. 
I think I'm going to say that Deontay is my guy here over 20 fantasy points. I just feel like he's the best receiver. I worry about the coverage kind of shifting his way because of that. And Claypool then gets it. But I just love Deontay, man. He's such a great route runner. Everybody talked about that in the industry coming in. I know uh, Harmon over at Yahoo was talking about that a lot. And um, I, I just think he's the best receiver of the group. And if anybody gets the production, I hope it's him. All right. There you go. There we go. Those are the ride or die picks. Shout out to a Roka fourth, just popping in to ask us what's going on. We're, we appreciate you guys. I guess Pete should let, open the floor for one minute here. If anybody has any good questions, drop it in the chat, but uh, Pete filibuster while we let that catch up for everybody out there. Yeah, we did get a question from Josh earlier. I would think Watson would be the highest owned. Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, he is going to be the most popular by far. Um, and I think, I think well-deserved. Um, he just has such a nice ceiling. Um, Matthew Stafford, I feel like is still probably dealing with the thumb injury a little bit. You mentioned the concerns with Lamar. I think I would probably target, uh, Dalton Lamar or Ben, if I was trying to find a, a pivot off of Watson, who would be your second favorite quarterback after Watson? I think it would be Lamar, which I hate. I keep walking into this buzzsaw every week. He was under 20 fantasy points last week. It was just absolutely terrible. But I do think that he still has the potential here. He can handle the blitz pretty well. That actually opens up some decent running lanes for him when he does just doesn't get sacked. I mean, he's going to get sacked more if he's in there. But um, I would say Lamar for me would be the guy. And I agree, Andy Dalton. I honestly will probably have some stabs at Stafford too. I need to run the sim numbers because I don't have all that data in yet. But um, I think Stafford, just because the Houston defense stinks and I don't trust them to actually uh, you know, want to run the ball as much as, or be able to run the ball even because I think Houston scores a lot. I think Stafford's got some potential here, but the thumb, yeah, the thumb putting up zero points for Matt Stafford is not great. I see you've got one on the screen, Pete, so I'll let you read that question from Nick. Tolley. Oh, yeah. Nick asks, how many GPP teams are you making? Hopefully more than one if you're playing Hollywood. Uh, that is true. The O in soldiers for zero. Yeah, I will probably hand build three to four lineups, generally like I do for the main slate there. What about you, Specs? I will probably have all the 20 maxes on DK for pretty much every slate on the day, assuming, well, I guess it depends on how much I get shamed by my girlfriend and her friend is <laughs> going to be over here. Um, but I, I'm, I'm probably doing that for all of them. And then I hand build my higher, my higher dollar lineups, higher dollar lineups. Wow. That was tougher to say than I would have thought. <laughs> I thought um, this, this is a good question from Tim here. The kind of slate where you throw in a few four player onslaughts. Yeah. Um, I reference this on shows, but uh, over at Roto Grinders, Eric Vimeford does a, a slate IQ. And on these short slates, one of the most underutilized strategy is the onslaught. And he's referenced things even like doing a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end from the same team has shown good leverage historically. And it, it makes sense, right? Like, on a three-game slate, we're just trying to find the one team who scores the most points generally. And if you can identify them and capture as many of those points as possible, you're in good shape. So I think that's uh, not only a viable strategy, but maybe an optimal one. Yeah, the irony would be if Lamar in, in an onslaught here, he somehow creates enough value for Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown and for Gus Edwards to get there. That would be uh, the most tilting thing that could actually happen, I think, on Thursday. Yeah, um, let's do a couple more here. Um a Roach was asking about Gus at 4K. Yeah, we were talking about him earlier. I think that people are going to ultimately get too scared about the Steelers D and they're going to like some of these other options more that I, he'll be owned, but I don't think he's going to be chalk or mega chalk. I think because there are the other guys, I think especially if Swift were to somehow get in, I think people can go enough ways and people will see the box scores for Zeke too, finally having his good day there and a, a matchup on paper against Washington that should be winnable. So uh, he'll be chalky. Like I think he's probably going to be, if I had to guess, 
30 to 40 would be what I think, which for a three game slate is not quite as bad as a, a main slate on a Sunday. But yeah, I think that's a, a safe bet that he'll be in the mix for one of the highest zone guys. But um, yeah, I, I think he's got to be the highest zone overall, actually, out of all the running backs now that I'm well, looking at it. The only reason I would maybe think he's not is because the cap is so soft and you can really do whatever you want that I feel like people will gravitate towards the higher end running backs and be like, all right, I'll put in one or two of Zeke Duke and James Connor and Gibson. Like, I feel like since people will do what they want, that they'll be like, oh, I'll just take the luxury of getting the best running backs and maybe not want to go cheap with, with Gus. That's my, my initial read. Yeah. I think for me, the, the thing that it depends on how people are playing it. Cause whenever there's a workload that's left behind a lot of opportunity to go around, we kind of saw it with JK Dobbins and some of his upside recently uh, with Mark Andrew, Mark Ingram being favor phased out Boy, I'm fucking up everything today. Uh, the live shows, that's where it all goes to crap, <laughs> but with Ingram being phased out, like you saw the work there, but now there's no Dobbins and no Ingram. That, like that work's got to go somewhere. This is still a team that runs over 50% of the time. Granted, a lot of that's going to go to Lamar too, but um, I think that makes it hard for me to avoid him in terms of the floor and maybe a ceiling too. Uh, anything else? Question? Yeah, we'll, we'll go out on this one. Non-football uh, spags. What is your go-to food at Thanksgiving? So I, so this is one thing that I, it's not like the one thing that I need, but I think it's the most important part of the equation is I want cranberries out of a can and not handmade. Wow. And I like, and I think that goes with the turkey that goes with the stuffing. My, um, my girlfriend was reluctant to make turkey initially. And I'm like, wait, what are you going to, what are you going to eat tacos or steaks on Thanksgiving? Like you got to do the turkey. And I think just like that, you got to do the ocean spray cranberry sauce and hope that that actually, you know, it, it brings me joy, Pete. I don't know about you. What's your pick? Yeah, so I love uh, stuffing. Uh, my mother-in-law calls it dressing. Uh, it is my my favorite thing. I uh, I go back for seconds. It's the thing I look forward to the most is leftovers the next day. So a really good stuffing. That's my jam. Yeah, and sweet potato pie. I feel like that's pumpkin pie for some reason. It's gotten the share of everything, gotten the larger target share in a lot of people's homes. <laughs> but sweet potato pie is where it's at. That's the one thing I would say. Either way, we appreciate you guys for watching. We appreciate Thrive Fantasy. Play over there this week at thrivefantasy.com. Download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Check out their $10,000 guaranteed tournament. $25 in entries. It's 460 entries in there. Might, not, might have some overlay, so a decent chance of making money on there. Pete, anything you want to say before we return on Friday for our special, uh, I guess it's not a special, our, our regular show, but it's also special because it's on Friday. Yeah, no, uh, I haven't uh, booked a guest yet. If you guys have suggestions for people you'd like to see on Splash Play, leave them in the comments and uh, we'll see what we can do. And uh, yeah, have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on Friday. Yeah, and I'll be back actually Thursday morning on Osmo doing their show. So, hey, check that out, too. I'll be up at fucking 6.30 in the morning on Thanksgiving, <laughs> building lineups for you in that show. We appreciate you guys, though. Hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Healthy as well. You know, stay safe. Be careful with your relatives who might be enfeebled or, you know, extra vulnerable to everything. But uh, we appreciate you guys a bunch for being here. Happy holidays. We'll see you guys again soon.